I've got a little kind of mini questionable decision from my own life that I want your opinion on. So next Wednesday, I'm having about 20 or so people over to watch the Republican debate. And we're going to grill some meat and all that kind of stuff. And, you know. This is this is not a political no. podcast, Michael. Why are you bringing this it's up? Not yeah, political stop, stop to it. watch a political debate. We're just watching it. To you cheer, are the f- only person I have ever heard of that is having a debate <laughs> yeah a debate party, party for unnamed <laughs> Republican candidate. Um, so anyway, my question here is, <laughs> you know, we, so so- we host a lot. We have people over. We make meals. <laughs> we have friends and family and all kind of things, but. Then we also do things like we we almost put on events like this. This is a little bit different than, hey, guys, come over. We want to, like, have you over. It's like, hey, we're going to put this on the TV. We're going to grill for you, et cetera. So we, I decided just to do this. We have a little sign-up sheet. We're going to buy the steaks at cost. We're going to make a punch. It's $7 if you want to buy into the punch. Because 20 people, if we're going to do steaks and a punt, you're talking several hundred dollars, like, right? So I guess my question is, what do you guys think about, you know, hospitality versus like an event and asking people to pitch in? It's almost like there's a door door charge, like we're back in college or something. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Why this makes me laugh? I just, I'm just imagining this this event. It's gonna be great. Oh man! Um, I'm picturing there. There's a doorman. You get your hand stamped yeah. for punch or no punch. Right. They check your like voting record somehow. Just to make sure you haven't <laughs> messed up in the past. I don't know. I mean, I think no handouts is you can't have socialism at exactly. a Republican. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is like so every, the theme. Everyone has to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and, and get into your front door. Are boots required? Do you need to wear boots? Uh, you know, to get imagine in. so, yeah. Big old, big old straps on the side. You'd have, yeah. You'd for sure you'd have to. Now to actually answer your question, <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's like, how do you? I'm not opposed to the idea. I've never done it. How do you differentiate those events, and how do you, like, how do you present it to the friends? The and you know. The people you want to come. Um, yeah, the thing for me that's always been tricky is if we wanted to just have an open invitation and have lots of people over, we could grill, you know, some frozen mm-hmm. burgers. And it's not it's not even about sort of the money of it all at that point. But, like, I want to buy some nice ribeyes and, like, you know, have a nice punch and, like, have a nice party. And at that point, you're talking about some cost to accumulating. And I feel like that's just, those are sort of two different things. A lot of people tend towards the, you know, do something that feeds everybody side of things. But I like to do things a little more elaborately. And we've never done this before either. And, you know, it, <laughs> in some ways, I was kind of like, is this tacky? Is this, but I don't know. If someone told me, hey, come over to my house, I'll make you a, a nice ribeye and make you a nice punch and have it host you for a good time for like 25 bucks. That's cheaper than you can get two drinks at a bar. So to me, I feel pretty confident that I don't care what anyone thinks about the idea. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think that's important. That's the important yeah. part. You don't care what anybody thinks. Have you uh, Have you gotten any feedback yeah, from anyone we've had yet? Three, pe- th- three what people your wife since last think? night have signed up. I mean, have you gotten any feedback like, Michael, what the hell? You're making us pay for our No, and I think the other meal. thing, like I said, is it's we do these kinds of things pretty often. And, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes pe- we'll ask people to bring this or that. But oftentimes we, you know, just provide stuff. And I think I think we want to continue to do it, and a, a good way to do that is just to kind of take the sort of financial brunt away from it. That way, we can do it regularly, and that's not even a, a consideration on our part. So, I don't know. I think it's just kind of weird because you know, in college, and when you're younger, it's like yeah, pitch in and and everyone covers, and then you want to start having people over, and you you foot the bill, and we're totally good with that. But I think there's I think there's a place for it if you're really providing some kind of a event or experience and it's especially if it's like an open door thing and you're not specifically inviting two people or four people over to your house but i don't know i have not experienced someone doing it before either so that makes it makes me question myself but at the same time i'm i'm Mm -hmm. like pretty confident that it's a a good deal for everybody i think it's just about communication like i've i don't think there's anything wrong with asking people to chip in if they know ahead of time that that's what the expectation is back when i was like a teacher I think it was, yeah, 23, 24. Um, we had some friends invite us over and we brought stuff too. Like I remember we brought stuff and we actually chipped in and then like they basically like almost sent us a bill after yeah. and it was like, oh, because they bought some really expensive like yeah. meat or I can't remember what they bought, but they bought something like that was crazy and they wanted like a hundred bucks okay. from us like <laughs> after we left and after we had chipped in and I was like, this is this is wild. (laughs) This is is not very, not a nice thing. Um, So I think it's just like communication ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. The sending an invoice on the back end. I don't, I think that's a little little in bad taste. (laughs) And also even just like that much money. Again, I'm talking about literally covering costs. $17 for a steak and, you know, five, 10 bucks for a punch. I think that's pretty reasonable. At least it would seem reasonable to me. I think so. I think steaks. I think if you're doing steaks, I've done like I've invited a bunch of people over and I got like nice, like prime right. New York strips and stuff. And right. that was really expensive because they are. I mean, they're literally uh, $18 and everybody liked it, $18 but, a pop. And if 20 people yeah. come, yeah, all of a sudden I'm spending $500 yeah. to have people over for a burgers. couple hours. And I think, I guess, I guess the sort of metric yeah. for me is I want to have a $500 party, but share the share the weight of that among it and everybody i mean i think that's just a win-win to have a you know a good fun event with good food good drinks not cut corners but then just kind of everyone pay their share so i don't know i think i'm just asking because i don't i don't really see it being done but you know i'm a weird guy i do stuff other people don't do so i'll chalk it up to that there has been an idea that when you host people over you're supposed to take care of everything and it is really nice. And I like hosting. There are some events that we host annually, and I love it. Like, I love being the people, the house where people come and gather and do stuff. And it is wonderful. But it is, it can be like, I mean, it can be an energy drain on you, but it can also be a financial like drain. And you, you plan for that stuff. You know, it's coming up generally. But I like the idea that if you like hosting and you know people like coming over and being at your place and sharing that, sharing those events with you, that there's a way that you can kind of make it something that is more sustainable long term. 
And I, and I think that that's really neat. And I think that the expectation that the people who host always have to pay for everything, you know, that's kind of like an unspoken thing, but I think it's really that people just want to come over and gather and have a good time with one another. You know, they're not coming over to your house for dinner because like, oh, this is a, you know, one meal I don't have to pay for this week or, you know, get to spend a little less money at the grocery store or going out. It's because they want to be over and hang out with you. And so, um, and they're grateful that they have that space to do so. So I, I don't, I mean, I think it's a neat concept. I, th I think especially for the kind of gathering that you're having where you want to do something a little bit higher end and have this nice, really nice evening for everyone. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious how it goes and like what kind of feedback you get from people. I'm also remembering whether or not they want to do where this idea kind of got born out of. So I've told you all about I got a Weber grill and it was like a big I turned 30 and had to light up some charcoal. It was like um it came to me like the ghost of Christmas past one night. It was like you have to get a Weber grill. So I got a Weber grill and my thought was how can I like crank up the grill regularly and just have people come over and bring their own meat. And, you know, it's not like we have to plan everything, but the grill's here and, we, and we'll spend some time together. So we came up with this idea of Weber Wednesdays and we did one Weber Wednesday that was actually a Friday. And what happened was we had probably 25 people come over and everybody brought a different kind of meat protein. So chicken thighs, chicken breasts, big steaks, little steaks, bone in, bone out. Pork, sausage brats. I mean, it was just so much stuff. And the timing of it and the temps of it was hard to manage. And so I said, okay, if we're going to do this again, we're going to coordinate and we're going to get the same kind of protein. And so that's sort of the uh, the idea is that it's not about being cheap uh, or, you know, never hosting where we're not asking people to bring stuff. And people do always bring something. that They'll bring a bottle of something or this or that. But I think it's just more of the sustainable, like we want to be able to do it more regularly and it be more of a thing. Then you ha then I think you get rid of the some of the like uh, formalities of of how you would host someone individually. I don't know. I would welcome some I would welcome that if someone else was doing it. But I think it's a it's a foreign thing. I don't think people like quite think like that. But I think that keeps people from hosting as often because you do have to budget for and, and plan for it. Um, so I don't know. We will see how it goes. I'll report back. I can't remember if I told you guys about this before, but it reminds me of a, a birthday party I went to a few years ago, and it was at a karaoke spot, and everybody had a great time. We all drank way too much. We, you know, screamed our lungs out singing songs from, you know, early 2000s, late 90s. It was amazing. And the end of the night, we're getting ready to leave. And the person who had hosted the party um, realized that it was more expensive. The pricing was different than they realized. And so rather than it being like, I don't know, 200 bucks for the evening, it was like five or 600 bucks for the evening. And nobody, there was no expectation that anybody was going to pay. I mean, you were going to pay for like some of your your drinks basically, but they had booked the, the space. And so at the end of the evening, he asked us all to chip in to cover the the difference. And I mean, of course we did because, you know, your friends, it's the right thing to do. But it was just an interesting, like the expectation was set different than 
what the reality ended up being like. And, you know, I, I don't know what else you would do in that situation other than help your friend out. But it, it, the point is, is that you're not telling everybody at the end of the night, like, actually, you owe me $50 per couple. <laughs> yeah. And that's the other thing is I just think if you're like, I literally sit them a sign up form with the costs and it's just like, do you want me to buy you a steak? Yeah. Here's how much it costs. Do you want punch? Here's how much it costs. And if you know what you're signing up for, then it's mm-hmm. all kosher. Yeah. I don't know if the, like co- the steak will be kosher. How rowdy? How rowdy is this part? I don't know. I've had some. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have, you know, we have a number <laughs> of people who are on certain sides of the aisle, and there's certain people who are on other sides of the aisle. So, uh, are they all on the no, Republican no, no, no. side? Of the you think aisle, I only have Republican oh. friends? Come on. Um, no, there'll be there'll be different different opinions, uh, but I don't know. I don't actually think it'll be that big a deal. It's the first one. Trump's not going to be there, so it'll just. It's kind of. I'm kind of a political wonk. A lot of these people are so. Rowdy, I don't know. But who knows? It could be crazy. I haven't determined if I'm going to do it like on a projector in the garage and just like we'll do it on mm-hmm. outside or if we're going to go inside. I think maybe maybe that outside, like everybody's just kind of, that, that might that might contribute to a little more rowdiness. Mm-hmm. I wish I could see. It's like I, I wouldn't want to go to that type of event, I don't think. But I really wish I could see you in that element. Because I feel like what we get here is. Can we get a live stream? You want me to live stream the the watch party? That might suck up on my bandwidth, on my Wi Fi bandwidth. I think we get like 30% of your true form. And I feel like (laughs) 100% of your true self comes out in those those environments. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think that it's, I like keeping up with politics just in general. And we used to, for every, for every debate, over the last, you know, several election cycles, we've done something. We've either had some a couple people over or we've gone out to a restaurant and watched it. I remember the Trump-Hillary really? debate. We watched at a uh, bowling alley on International Drive in Orlando. And it was like at the bar and they had the volume. They turned off the music and actually played the volume at like a sporting, like a sporting event. event. Yeah. And that was wow. the one, you know, that was the one where... I don't remember the quotes from it, but you know, he, he said some wild stuff like you'd be in you'd jail, be in jail like and that, like yeah. watching that in public was <laughs> wild. <laughs> uh, it really was like a sporting event. So I don't know this. I don't know how tame or crazy or crazy this one will be. Obviously Trump won't be there. So just a little bit of a softens it a little bit maybe, but yeah, we'll see. What other uh, themed parties have you had? Themed? And you too, Bobby. Have you hosted any themed parties? Like, I mean, this seems I mean, like a themed party or some party. kind of. I do a lot of like. Uh, we do like during the NFL season. We'll have people over for the games. We uh, my camera just went all weird. Um, when the Astros go to the, they've been in the World Series like multiple times over the last couple of years. So we've done some parties for that, but mostly like sports theme stuff. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't do like typically like themed parties. We do. Uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day has always been our big mm. one of our big events, and normally cook anywhere from thirty five to forty five pounds of corned beef, Whoa. and have like forty or so people over, upwards of that, just like an open house kind of thing. Come and get some corned beef, and people go to the parade, and people hang out, and it's that's a fun one. Are you Irish or? Daiklin is. He's is like Daiklin's Irish. Okay, like a third maybe Irish. Okay. Yeah. I'm not at all. Oh, okay. All right. We'd have to have like an English themed party to 
mm. you know, represent my ancestry. Man, you and Michael, both English. Mm-hmm. What if you're related somewhere back yeah, there, probably you know, somewhere in the. Probably. Um, we've done a, we've done an, like an eighties murder mystery party. We've done. Oh, eighties murder mystery. <laughs> I've, I've got, <laughs> I've got pictures. <laughs> oh my gosh. Expecting that. Okay. Were you just like, you pick out, like you've got like three buckets that have like a bunch of like themes in them. And it's like one from this bucket, one from this bucket, one from this bucket. And you put them together and it's like murder mystery, you pull out and then you pull out eighties, but it could have been seventies murder mystery. What the heck are you talking about? I mean, no, I was that's born not in the at 80s. all. What, I don't know how that worked? <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the eighties, but just but just barely. I feel like mm-hmm. I, I kind of missed it. Was it worth it? Was it cool? I mean, from what I remember, you were, you were young. I mean, yeah, I was so. eighty three. I mean, yeah. So you would have been like five. So you wouldn't have really. You were, yeah. Kimberly might have better pictures, but yeah. this is this was like the lots of hair, lots of you know shoulder pet. Oh. That is I'm so sorry. blurry. But no, is that it's you not right. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to focus. <laughs> but you know, hairspray and shoulder pads. And- uh huh. Okay, I was going to need to okay. see so much more if, I, if and then, that was you. <laughs> so it's got like a script, and you act, you kind of act it out, and that was a lot of fun. Okay. Um, I'm not going to remember. Right I now. had a hat party one time. No, I had you a had couple a of hat parties, and the the hat parties. You just come wearing the craziest hat, hat you've hat. got, and. I had a half. Had That's a, it. You had a hat, hat party. party. Oh, a hat party. Everybody just came wearing mm-hmm. a different hat. Yeah, crazy hats. We had hats in case you didn't have one. This was when we were like, we had recently, we had just bought our house. So we were like 20, 19 and 20. And it was just like, we were the only people who had a house. So let's have a party. And it seemed like it needed a theme. So hats. <laughs> It's fair. I'm glad it's your fair. creativity has kind of like blossomed over the years. It has. It really this has. This is uh, from a 1920s, roaring 20s party. Oh my gosh. Can uh, you send maybe me that or picture maybe not. so I'm gl- I can put I'm it very as my, glad screen, that it's kept, my screen it's background? Been, it's fuzzy so I can decide whether or not. We only get a small percentage of what, what Michael really is. Well, it's unfortunate. We don't live in the same places. See the whole. Could we, could we uh, do a retreat? One one time that's like a theme. Wait, retreat? the whole thing, and we have to stay in character. We're given character cards. Yes. And we show up in the yes. airport and we yes. have to just play that until we yes. leave. Oh, totally. Yes. Totally. Okay. I'm gonna skip that retreat. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna come in remotely for that one. Um all right. Well, with that being said, that's kind of my little questionable decision. I wanna do something a little bit different and just ask a question of us. Some combination of what is the worst financial mistake that you've made and or if you could go back and talk to your 15-year-old self, not give them some advice and like do, but like tell them, do not do this because it really effed up <laughs> the next couple of years. What is sort of that thing that was like, dang, I do wish I'd done that differently? Are you thinking like a specific decision or could it be like, a point in your life when you were not making great decisions. You, you, if you can impress me with the latter, I'll, I'll accept it. Okay. So I'll start. Let me let me think. I'll for a start. Second. Yeah. Um, when I was maybe nineteen or so in college and had my first credit card, I for two months let the ba- I didn't pay the balance for some reason, and I don't know why. 
but it dropped my credit score a couple hundred points and it took years to rebuild from that. I'd say probably that was just one of the ones that was like just dumb and wasn't necessary. Like I, I didn't even make the minimum payment. Um, and then the other would be just not investing a little bit earlier. I mean, I really, you know, compounding interest, like you look at the numbers and it's just like so obvious, but even when you're making a little bit of money in your first job, just like take something and put it into some investment just because it grows so much over time. Those would probably be the, the two biggest, which I mean, I, I know I'm lucky. I never had any student loan debt. I've never been, I never had any major financial difficulty, but there were, there's just a couple of those like less than optimal things that I would always tell, that I would tell anyone younger to like never, never, ever, ever let a balance ride on your credit card and save some amount of every single paycheck you ever get for your entire life. Yeah. I, I, mine is, I have a hard time thinking about this in terms of like the worst financial decision, because when I think about like mine, it it has more to do with like, and I'm going to be very personal and vulnerable here with you all. But I was, it was early, right after I graduated from high school, just like in a bad place, mental health, like with my mental health and was not like seeing, wasn't able to fully grasp like what was happening long-term and the repercussions of my actions, I think. So I had taken out a credit card. It's like the first one that, you know, the first credit card that you're able to get. I think it was a Capital One. They got me with the option to have like a pink sparkly card. And I was like, yes, it had a $500 limit on it. And I just like immediately spent all of it and then was just like, I mean, literally I ignored the bills when they came in the mail and didn't, didn't look at them, didn't, you know, deal with them. And, um, at the same time, I also had like a decent savings, a decent amount of money in a savings account and just let, I had my, you know, my checking account was tied to it and just let like overdraft mm. charges pull, like just suck all the money out of that savings account. And I like, I was so pissed off at myself afterwards, like, you know, cleaning all of that up and it really cost so much more to clean up those messes. But I just, as I said, I don't, I was not at a good point in my life where I think I was able to understand what was happening, what I was doing. I think I was like spending in a way to, to deal with, to cope in some ways with some things. And so when I say it's hard to talk about it, it's not because I feel like I don't like talking about it, but I often think that when we talk about financial decisions being bad, that there's some underlying issue that maybe needs to be addressed. And so it's hard to say that it's bad because it's really like a symptom of something else that's going on and that there shouldn't, you shouldn't feel shame about to try to try to find help for it, try to work through it. So yeah, that's where I'm and at with it. we talked about this in previous episodes and I, I do see kind of the biggest problem with people around me, but even, even me, it's just that like, the anxiety uh, that leads to ignoring it, which creates a snowball and then you ignore it more. And it really is the case that you just have to like 
find a way to steal your gut and take all of this kind of emotional hurt that comes from no seeing you don't have any money or seeing that you know you've made some mm-hmm. huge mistake and just sitting down and writing down the numbers and saying like okay here's what I'm doing I want to pay $20 a month or something like you just have to take some action but that ignoring yeah. for month after month after month yeah I've I've done that with many things not e- not even some financial and then some non but like it just doesn't make anything better it makes things so much worse it does. And it really is anxiety. Yeah. I mean, certainly like, oh, well, if I, you know, I am have anxiety to open that bill and then I'm not going to deal with it. And, it. and it really does just snowball into, until it feels like something that like you really have no, you cannot even see the full picture of it. You can't feel like you can, can do anything to even start tackling it. You're like, I don't have the tools. I don't have the resources. I don't know what to do. And so I'm just going to ignore it even more. <laughs> So, yeah, what about, I feel that way what about you, for brother? sure. I have two. One's business-related, one's not. Um, the one that's not, back when Tesla was $12 a share, I had a student. This is when I was teaching. I had a student named Wyatt. Shout out to Wyatt. Uh, he came in and he was like, Mr. Hoyt, you have to buy Tesla stock. Because we'd been talking about, like, I'd been doing these, like, money financial lessons with them. He's like, you've got to take a look at Tesla. And I was like, all right, dude, let's pull it up. So I pull it up and I was like, eh, the PE is higher than 12, blah, blah, blah. This I said a bunch of stupid shit. And then I really thought that I was smart. It's like, what is it a share now? 260. It was such an easy, I should have just done it. I should have just been like, you know what? I'll take a flyer on that. Why not? But I thought I knew better. I thought I was smart. That was a very humbling, very humbling lesson. That Do you think Wyatt? bought some Tesla shares? I think he did actually. I think he, I think he was, I don't know if he did or his parents did it for him, but like it was just hard. It's hard when like a teenager comes up to you with an idea like that. Cause yeah. I had another student named um, Evan that came up and was trying to get me to invest in his like penny stock scheme. Like he had this like weird scammy penny stock thing that he was doing. I don't know if it was actually a scam, but like he's like, Mr. Hoyt, I'm making like thousand dollars a day with penny stocks. You should totally get in on this action. So it's like, you when- kind of start taking that stuff with, with a grain of salt. When did Wolf of Wall Street come out compared to oh, when he tried to get that get you to do that? <laughs> oh my gosh, hold on. That's that's a good that's a good question. Wolf of was that 2009? Um, oh, 13. So that would have been 2 years before, but he was probably influenced by that. And and he was like one of my favorite students too. He's like the funniest kid, the kid that was trying to get me in the penny stock thing. And I don't even know if what's I don't know what happened to him because I know that he went on this kind of like he went down this road of like being this like investor and stuff. And I don't think that that, I don't know. Anyway. Um, so that was that, uh, the business one was, uh, we spent thousands of dollars a month. This is years ago. Thousands of dollars a month on a cartoon. Oh, come artist. I was to make <laughs> versions of our, uh, no, it was not. <laughs> it was, we spent some stupid amount of money getting a bunch of different images of, of uh, this is the end of the business, but Biggie Snugs, which is like a cartoon teddy bear. We had this professional cartoon artist just drawing up version after version after version. And I remember sitting there, we were like, oh, this is so cool. And it was literally just lighting money on fire. <laughs> it's like, uh, so I'm, 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 I'm a little bit embarrassed about that because there were definitely other things that could have been done with the money spent on that. You made that artist life, you know, 
if somebody was like, I need, like, I no need one's you ever been to willing to pay good knit a money hat for, this. for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if a business yeah. was like, I need you to knit a hat once a month, Ariel, for our business for some promotional, I'd be like, yes, I will do that for you. Thousands uh, of dollars a month. Thousands of dollars a month yeah. for one hat. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby said thousands of dollars. I'm assuming it was, that, it was, that how, many, how many images of dollars Biggie for images did you get though? I don't know. We probably. I don't even want to guess on this, but I'm sure we paid something like I when it was all said and done, we probably paid a thousand dollars an image of this stupid bear. I don't oh, know. That's a lot. I don't know. It might be five hundred. It's it's somewhere between five hundred and a thousand dollars per version of this thing that we got. And it was just Yeah. It's really, yeah, when you're not super experienced in business and you start making some money, it's very easy to just do dumb things with it. So mm-hmm. It's a good question, Michael. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Questionable Decisions. We'll be back next week. If you want to know anything else about what we're doing here at Millennial Money Man, or if you have any questionable decisions you want us to discuss, you can find links in the description. We'll see you next week.